How you doing? Yep. Hello. Have you been having a good couple of days? We've had some staggering, staggering times um, out. I mean, yesterday we were in Norwich, and I'm going to get some people to share in a bit, but um, we realized just in our little group of 40, we prayed with 63 different people. Yeah, it is a wow, absolutely. And um, two of Two people had significant healings as well. I know that all the other coaches have got stories as well. It's just that I wasn't on the other coaches, but we will be hearing more later. Today, we're going to be talking about depending on the Holy Spirit and all that he is. And Steph began that last night, that journey, and we're going to go deeper with him, with with the Holy Spirit, not with Steph. Um, Just to be clear, I don't know about you, but I suspect you can probably remember what you had for breakfast this morning. Yep. And you can probably remember what you had for dinner last night. Yeah, chicken curry. I had chicken curry last night. Yeah, it was chicken curry night right across the camp, wasn't it? But if I asked you, what did you have for dinner last Thursday evening? Can anybody actually remember? Oh, Stuart can remember. What did you have for dinner last Thursday evening? Oh, very nice. Very nice indeed. Okay, but if I asked you what you had for dinner on May 14th, 2016, can anybody actually remember? But, but I suspect that you all had dinner on May 14th, did you not? I suspect it would have been unlikely that you didn't have some sort of meal in that day. And I kind of think of our spiritual journey a little bit like that. You see, we have times where, oh no, I was going to ask you, can you remember what you had for your Christmas meal? Yeah? Yeah. Anybody had a birthday in the last six months? Yeah? Can you remember what you had for your birthday meal? Probably. So there are times when you have a really good meal and you do remember it. It's like a highlight. You've been out somewhere and you remember what you ordered or you remember what you enjoy. And like I really enjoy food and I'm good at remembering what I eat. I like to think of our journey with Jesus in terms of food. See, things like New Day, New Day I would call a banquet, a feast. Those of you that have been to New Day before... You would have come and you might remember what someone taught you last year or even the year before or even the year before that. Because those things are like highlights. And I guess you might remember what, you, what went on at church last Sunday before you got here. I kind of think of them as our like Sunday mornings as our main course, if you like. So I've got New Day is my big Christmas feast. I've got Sunday mornings as my main lunch, if you like, or my main meal of the day. And then there's things that happen in life groups or in youth groups and things that you go to. And that's more like your breakfast. And things that you do every single day with Jesus is like your breakfast. You see, if you didn't eat every day, what would happen to you eventually? Sorry? You would die. So you know that you need to eat every single day. But every now and again, you get those highlight meals like feasts, which kind of really you enjoy. And that's kind of what we're trying to talk about today in the sense that every single day you have a walk with Jesus. And that's like your essential. 
That's the thing that keeps you alive and keeps you going. You may not remember what's going on every single day in your walk with Jesus, but you need that. And then you have moments where you have bigger meals, maybe a Sunday morning, or maybe your feasts at things like New Day or other places that you go to, which are your highlights, which help, which kind of, they have defining points for you that cause you to see God differently, cause your relationship to be deepened with God. And today, that's what we're going to do. We're going to experience something of the Holy Spirit. I'm setting that expectation up really high and at the beginning. My expectation that by the time we finish, uh, in just under an hour's time, that each of us would have experienced Jesus in a fresh and new way. Each of us would have experienced Jesus in such a way that we are more in love with him than we are right now. And that that love that you have for him, we're going to put tools into your belt, if you like, today, that will cause you to carry on growing in love with him. Is that cool? So there's going to be stuff that you're going to be doing today, and we're going to ask you to do some stuff to be able to step into more of what God has for you. For the last two days, you've been giving out and giving out and giving out. And actually, we want to be able to say, no, Jesus wants to give to you. Father is so generous, he wants to pour stuff into you so that you don't give out of your emptiness, but that you give out of your fullness. Cool? Right, I'm handing over to Simon now. Plays you more for Jazz later on. So, uh, as we're talking about this thing, we want to really give you the opportunities. Jazz has just said, when we've kind of been doing so much, and some of you may be feeling extraordinarily tired. Uh, often that happens when you've been giving out of yourself, when you've been kind of doing stuff that's uh, required lots of you, you can feel a lot more tired. And today really is that opportunity just to kind of chill out and rest and relax. So, there's a no pressure thing here. Uh, But just in the same way that over the last couple of days we've been expecting and desiring the Holy Spirit to fill and equip us, today is no different. Today is no different from that. Even though we're not going out on the streets, we still need the same thing. And so what we're going to be looking at today is we're going to be looking at what is the most important thing for you. You guys who are have a heart for evangelism. For those of you who kind of, someone said, I really think there's a gift of the evangelist in you. There is something that is more important than anything else that you need to do as a result of that. And that is this, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. To love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all of your mind. Because this is the first and greatest commandment. Matthew chapter 22 verse 37 to 40. We're going to do a braiding with his man bun approach. I'm going to read the white. You're going to read the blue. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all and with all and all. This is the first and greatest commandment. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all. And with all, and all, this is the first and greatest command. So we're going to look firstly at heart. We're going to look at what it is to really speak into your heart. Before we do that, I just want to just say again that following on from what Steph did last night, really this is kind of part two of that talk. We're still kind of keeping on of that same theme of being soaked in the Spirit. When we've been given the Spirit to help us to be disciples by being obedient. And I've just been, and all the coach leaders, uh, as we've talked about it and all the team, are just stunned and amazed at your willingness and your obedience. 
over these last couple of days in particular to be going up to people you've never met, random strangers, and asking them deep and personal questions and being willing to pray for them and love them and weep with them and celebrate with them. And I just want to say a massive well done. A massive well done to you. Because I know that this story is one of many. Megan, she was really nervous on day one. She didn't really want to speak to many people, but we encouraged her. And on day one, she spoke to people. And on day two, she spoke to people. And she even got to pray for people as well. Why? Because she was obedient to step out in faith. And that's really what we want to do is we want to see you guys doing more and more of this. John chapter 3 verse 16. I'm going to read it from the message because I just think that kind of poetry is really helpful. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son. His one and only son. And this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it is. He came to help, to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in the one of a kind son of a God, son of God, sorry, when introduced to him. Jesus. He is extraordinary. He is unique. He is all powerful. He is beautiful. He is perfect. He is the alpha male. He is the role model. He is the best friend. Jesus is the ultimate hero. He's the captain. He's stunning. He's breathtaking. He's joy. He's love. He's peace. He's the answer to all the biggest questions. He is captivating. He is entrancing. He is breathtaking. He is stunning. He is consuming. He is worthy. That's Jesus. And our hearts cry as we all do the work of the evangelist is to be bold and outrageously generous with the person and name of Jesus. And as we give out of our own energy and enthusiasm, we give out Jesus. We gossip Jesus. We breathe Jesus. We exude Jesus. It's Jesus. 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 We're passionate about our first love, Jesus. And we give out Jesus, but we also need to receive Jesus as well. Whilst we big up Jesus, that's really important, we also need to feed on Jesus. That was Simon's talk on the first evening. We need to nourish ourselves with the bread of life, drink deep of the water of life. Because Jesus is our purpose and our motivation. So as we love God with our whole heart, it's a two-way thing. We love God wholeheartedly because he's worth it. But as we love him, so we also receive love. Now, I don't know if you've ever actually been in love. But when Jenny and I, my wife and I, first got together, there was kind of a moment where things shifted. At the start of our relationship, I looked at her and I went, like that. Because that's what boys do. Just saying. And and there was that moment where I just kind of looked at her and I really fancied her. She was gorgeous. And then things kind of shifted, and I'm not even sure when it was, but there came a moment where every time I saw her, I didn't just think, cool, she's lovely. I did think that, but there was actually something far more consuming than that. There was a kind of all-encompassing moment that was much more than just a kind of passing fancy and flirtation. 
In a much greater way, we mustn't flirt with Jesus. The occasional prayer here, the rare dip into a Bible there, the brief song on a Sunday morning before we get back to our phone. Two days out on the street seeing God do something, and then maybe next week we not do that same kind of thing. We mustn't have a flirtation with Jesus. We need to spend time with Jesus, soaking in the Holy Spirit, allowing his goodness to meet us. We need to be captivated by him. We need to be filled up and go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. So after these last couple of days, you might be feeling a bit tired. The best way of refreshing and renewing is not simply just to do nothing, but to do something, to spend time with Jesus. Reminding yourself of who he is and his good news can cause your heart to leap. And as we've shared the good news of Jesus to those around us on these last two days, we also need to share it with ourselves. Did you know that? Did you know that you're supposed to preach the gospel to yourself as much as you are to other people? We need to preach the gospel to yourself because it's good news. That's what we believe. That's why we've been sharing it to other people. But it's also good news to ourselves. The gospel is not just for salvation. The gospel, the good news message of Jesus, is not just that we might cross the line of faith and become a Christian, but our ongoing walk of obedience, our discipleship journey, is all based in the gospel, our obedience in following Christ. And as we do that, as we speak the gospel to ourselves, as we focus on Jesus ourselves, then we lose within that any sense of cynicism. Well, I prayed for that person and they weren't healed. Any sense of rejection. I asked thee, can I ask you a question, question, and all I got was no. We lose any sense of I'm not good enough. Everyone else in my group got to pray for someone, but I didn't. It all evaporates at the throne of Jesus. It evaporates in the presence of the Spirit. The lie is eliminated when confronted with the truth of the gospel. You are a child of God, loved as a trusted and faithful servant by King Jesus. That your obedient faith is rewarded with eternal riches. Preaching the gospel to yourself daily in the power of the Spirit, letting the Spirit speak to your spirit as you revel in the riches, as you wade in the depths of the beauty of the gospel message. You, designed and knitted together by God, created for a purpose, loved and made in his image, is welcomed into God's family because of Jesus. Though you, made in his likeness, have the baggage of wrongdoing, of sin, though there was an impassable barrier between you and God, the one who made you and loves you, Jesus, holy God with an H, and holy man, W-H, representing God and man perfectly, and the creation that was made through him, he became that sin paying the right punishment for wrongdoing in order that you don't have to, rising to life that you too might receive new life, ascending to heaven to guarantee your place in eternity, coming again to ensure that all things will be made perfect again, giving you the opportunity to enter the family with Abba, Father God, Jesus, your brother, and join together with your brothers and sisters from every nation and tribe and tongue through the power of the Holy Spirit. You are loved by God because he loves you. Full stop. Just for a moment, just think again on that truth. Just for a moment, think again of this truth. Let it penetrate your heart and do you good. God loves you. Cool. Okay.
second part that we're going to just look at is loving the Lord your God with all your soul. And um, so there's a fabulous scripture that I want us to look at. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. The moment that you gave your life to Jesus, everything about you changed. Everything about you changed. If There's a line down here. I don't know if you can see it. If you can't see it, it doesn't matter. But if you were to imagine that this is where I was before I became a Christian, the moment that I gave my life to Jesus, I didn't just cross the line a little bit. I crossed it completely and utterly and totally. Everything about me changed. I didn't leave one foot in the other camp. Because of what Jesus has done for me, everything came in line with the things of God. Now, you may not feel like that, that's what happened, but that's the truth and the reality of what happened. In that moment when you gave your life to Jesus, your whole identity was completely transformed. In that moment, everything that Jesus ever said about you was absolutely true. Every gift was given to you in that moment. Your whole destiny changed in that moment. In that moment, you change from wearing what I would call dark clothes into white clothes. It's the only way I can describe it. It's that robe of righteousness you were given in that moment. In that moment, your head was lifted up. And Jesus gave you dignity in a way that you wouldn't have experienced it before. You might, as I say, not have felt it. But that's exactly what happened. And actually, once you have come into that moment and experienced the love of Jesus, you can't go back there. You can't. Even when you mess up, your identity is still here. And Jesus helps you sort that out. And that's something that you can't do by yourself, but you do with the Holy Spirit. But your identity completely and utterly changed. Over the last few days, I've had the privilege of working with some of you. But I have seen all of you. And uh, I actually believe that I'm working with the creme de la creme of the new day elite. I actually believe that. Would you just turn to the person next to you and say, you're the creme de la creme? And I don't care about anything else that's going on or all the other seminars, slightly competitive me. And um, I actually think that we have the elite in this room. Yep. Because what I have seen in you guys over the last two days is stunning. I've seen you step out and be bold. Where fear has gripped you, you've overcome that fear. Where nerves and shyness and other things have tried to cripple you, you've overcome it. Is that I think everybody in this room has probably done something new for the first time in the last two days. Am I right? Yeah. You guys have done staggeringly well. 
And I've watched you grow in height over the last two days. You came in on the first day a little bit unsure. And as the days have gone on, I've just literally watched you get a bit taller, a bit more confident, a bit more confident, a bit more certain. And that's a combination of the stuff that's going on in the main tent, in your church groups, and the stuff that Jesus is doing in you here. But I absolutely believe that God's got more for you today. And what we're going to be teaching you today, we're going to do some practical steps in a bit, is really about giving you tools to take this home with you. That it doesn't just stay in Norfolk, but actually it goes and transforms in your local communities back at home. Oh no. Do you, mean to hold, do you want me to hold this? Very professional. You see, what we're going to just do, I'm going to just do a little, one of my little magic tricks, just because it's fun. It's all gone a bit serious, hasn't it? Sorry. <laughs> it's fun. Doing the work of the evangelist is actually quite a lot of fun sometimes. And uh, I just really want to encourage you, as we've been talking again about what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why I've got this little kind of, this little jug here, because what this is, this is a little jug that I've got that I'd just like to use as a helpful little tool and a helpful little example. Because what this is, it's just a little silly magic trick, and the sticky tape is stuck in my finger. This is just a magic trick. Good news is, I don't really need a microphone, to be honest, because this little jug here represents what it is to be a person filled with the Holy Spirit. Because what happens is, when we first become a Christian, we encounter the person of the Holy Spirit. He's kind of poured out, as it were, onto us, and we can receive the fullness, oops, the fullness of what it is to know the person of the Holy Spirit. Notice it's empty. <laughs> but the reality, of course, is sometimes quite different, because we can sometimes get into that place where, where we're feeling a little bit dry. We're feeling a bit dusty. We've just done two days out on the streets and it's all a bit kind of like, I've given out and given out and I've given out and, you know, I've given out a bit more and it's all kind of gone, it's just gone a little... The water came back. There wasn't any in there. We can kind of feel like we've given out. And for me, that was my experience. I became a Christian when I was about 14 years old. And what happened at that moment was I encountered the person of the Holy Spirit. But I grew up in a church that didn't really talk a lot about the power of the Holy Spirit. And so what happened was this. I became a Christian. I kind of, life was going quite well. And I was doing all right as a Christian. But, but it then kind of, it kind of did that. It kind of just petered out a little bit. It wasn't really kind of working. And the reason for that is because I hadn't experienced the power of the Holy Spirit as well. When I was 18 at university, that's what happened. I was filled with the Spirit for the first time, and my life changed and was transformed as a result of that. And ever since then, I've lent and leaned upon the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it tells us in the Bible we have to be filled and go on being filled with the Spirit because sometimes it does feel like we all kind of just run out and it gets a bit dry and it gets a bit dusty. That's why the Bible says be filled and go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. So that for me, the first time I led someone to faith in Jesus was when I was in my very late teens. So my kind of personal prayer, walking with someone, helping someone cross the faith line, I needed the Spirit to help me do that. I first saw people healed in my early 20s, again, through the power of the Holy Spirit, because I can't do any of that. The Holy Spirit is the only one who can heal, the only one who can save. And so I was kind of like pouring myself out, but actually it was all in the power of the Holy Spirit. You can clap anytime you want to, but obviously you don't have to if you don't need to. Now, the reason I tell you that story is because it's so helpful. 
Because day in, day out, I still need to lean on the Holy Spirit. You will not believe this. I promise you, you won't believe this. I'm actually not the most outgoing person there is. I know you won't believe me, all right, because I look, I do this. But actually, naturally, I'm actually quite a shy person. I find it very hard to actually have conversations with people. I really am. I'm the kind of person who at the wedding is most happy when I'm sitting at the corner watching everyone else having fun, and that is fun for me. That's the kind of person I'm, I'm actually quite shy. Actually, no, it's not an R. The reality is uh, that is me. That's my natural way of doing things. I would naturally retreat rather than go forward. But because I've been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, what happens is it means I can pull myself out for people. Thank you very much. I can give myself to people on the streets. I can do what we're going to do in Kings Lynn on Saturday and get out of straitjackets and chop people's heads off and saw people in half and proclaim the good news about Jesus at the same time. Because, although, in fact, because I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. But we need to be filled and go on being filled with the Spirit so that we can continue to give out and give out and give out. But because we need to rest and draw on the power of the Holy Spirit, we need to soak in him that as we squeeze, we might let out a little bit more of who he is and what he's done for us. So cool. I haven't got a magic trick. I'm sorry. Um, Mind. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. In Romans 12, it says this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. There is a choice to be made in walking with Jesus. We worship Jesus and love Jesus because we love Jesus. But sometimes there is a place where we need to put in in place some disciplines in helping us to encounter Jesus. Now, I do love my husband. Just making it clear. I do love him a lot. We've been married quite a long time. and, um, And he is the love of my life. There are days when he annoys me. Not going to lie to you. There are days when he can spectacularly get it wrong. But I made a choice and a decision and a vow to love my husband. And that is what I will do. Absolutely. Of course, there are days where I annoy him too. Not often. Um, Because I tell him that he made a good choice in marrying me. But, But what I'm saying is that, yeah, I have to choose to love Tim. Not every day of every moment is a fairy tale. When you said yes to Jesus, you are making a decision and saying, yes, I want to love you, Jesus. But I'm not going to pretend to you and say it's hunky-dory every single moment of every day. Life can be hard. Life throws some curveballs at you and you wonder, where is God in this? And that's where you have to make a choice in your mind and say, despite what's going on, I'm going to choose to love you. And so really what I would suggest at this point is some practical things. I would say you need to put some practical things in place that help you to do that. So for example, for me, one of the things that I did, somebody taught me many years ago, was that you need to read the Bible on a daily basis. 
And back then, when I was a teenager and somebody taught me that, the Bible didn't really excite me. I was like, really? I don't really get it. But they said to me, Jazz, all you need to do is right in the middle of your Bible is a book called Proverbs. If you just opened it up, it would probably open at Proverbs naturally. In Proverbs, there are 31 chapters. So whatever day of the month we're on, what day are we on today? Four, five, fifth, fifth of August. Just go to Proverbs 5 and just read Proverbs 5. Tomorrow, Proverbs 6 and so on. The whole point of that is Proverbs are really, really short. They take about a minute, minute and a half to read one little chapter of it. doesn't take long. In a year, you could have read the book Proverbs 12 times. And if you miss a few days, it's not a big deal. And actually, you could do it on your phone. You can do it in anybody else's Bible because you know exactly which Proverbs you need to go to. But the whole point of them teaching me that was a little discipline. It was saying, making it a habit to go every single day to the Word of God to be able to feed myself. And actually, that's how I trained myself. And I didn't beat myself up about not doing it every day. And I didn't feel condemned if I missed a few. And I didn't feel condemned if I didn't understand what I was reading. But what I was doing was creating a habit, a habit that I still have. That actually, if I don't know what to read, you know what? I'll just go and look at Proverbs 5 today. If I had nothing else to read, nothing else that came into my mind. And those are the sorts of things that sustain you when life is throwing some curveballs at you. When life isn't going as sweet as you think it should be, then actually you just fall back to the habits that you do that are good. There was a time not so long ago for me where um, life did throw some curveballs at me. And I was trying to work out what to do with it all. And I work for a church. And I was saying to somebody that I was talking to, I feel so fake. Like I go to church and I worship and I do the disciplines, I do the things that I'm supposed to be doing. But you know, I'm not feeling all soppy about Jesus. I'm not feeling desperately in love with him. And yet I can still preach, I can still teach, I can still do the things that I'm supposed to be doing. And they were really good in encouraging me. And actually in that time we were praying together, God showed me that I was a cactus which doesn't sound that great, but actually I could understand what that meant. It meant that actually when a a cactus grows in a desert area where there's no water, but it has enough water to be able to sustain itself and grow even in an arid situation. And that time for me was particularly horrible. But actually what God was showing me was there's enough resource, enough given to me to be able to sustain myself in a time that I was feeling particularly hard. But that comes out of his grace, because he loves me, and because he will keep pouring out his love over me, but also years of just spending time in his presence. The other thing that I do that's just a little discipline is I've learned to stick worship music on wherever I go. It's the easiest way to get into the presence of God. It's just a practical. I'm just throwing it out there. Just stick it on. If I get in my car, worship music goes on. If I'm in the house on my own, worship music goes on. Because when I start singing those songs, what does it do? It brings me straight back into the presence of Jesus. It causes me to give Jesus my attention. And because that's a habit, so when I'm feeling not so great, actually it's a great way to begin to give Jesus my attention. So we're going to um, respond to this because, um, and we're going to do something a bit wild. So you know yesterday when I asked you to close your eyes and receive, we're going to take it a step further because I want you to encounter Jesus today. If you are willing, 
I'm not going to make you do this, but if you are willing, would you lay down and we're going to give Jesus our attention and we're going to see what he does. Is that all right? I want you to get really comfy. 